Hi friend, how are you? I'm doing okay, thanks for asking. Today I am really excited and really pleased to be able to bring a new voice to the safe place. This is an old friend, someone that I've known for oh, most of my life. Um, someone that is just a joy to be around and that it brings kind of happiness wherever wherever you wherever he goes really it's not all good though there's some, been some difficult times that he's had to endure and two really significant events the first uh, was the breakdown of his mum and dad's marriage his dad leaving and later in life for himself it was a repeat in many ways of a breakdown in his own relationship with the mother of his child but this is a guy that through it all has always been kind always compassionate welcoming this is a guy that I really think you'll all love. So hunker down, get comfortable, take a breath. As you listen to this story, today it is the Willow story. So come on in to the safe place. So, well, thank you so much for coming on uh, to today and onto the safe place. As you know, this is an entirely safe place to to talk um, and to to reminisce to a certain extent, isn't it? Mm, um, absolutely. So, I won't steal your limelight. If you want to introduce yourself to to everybody, um, and we'll we'll kick off from there. Hey, uh, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm uh, Will Manton, uh, a long-time, lifetime friend of uh, of Gav's, uh, to the point where we actually lived over the road from each other <laughs> for the best part of our teenage life, um, growing up with our families so close. Um, and I've picked up as a 32-year-old adult, as a single father, and found your podcast uh, obviously through being friends anyway, I saw you were uh, advertising it and I found that I've started asking myself the same kind of questions that you have. Yeah. Um, everyday life, uh, guilt, things like that. Massive topics that I picked up on and related to immediately. Which is a really lovely thing. Um, and that that's very much the idea of this is to mm. allow people just to have that moments thought so to hear that you've you've been able to do that is is brilliant um i think everybody will get something from your story as well uh, and ultimately that's what we're we're here to talk about today so just for those of you listening um we're going to touch on uh, will's uh, childhood um the different career types that the that, that world's gone through uh, <laughs> kind of how he's got to where 
um, where he is today, uh, and also how parenting is uh, as a single dad. I mean, it's difficult enough uh, when you're when you've got your wife there beside you. So being a single dad is is no doubt another level. So let's let's go back in time then, Will, to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, and childhood. So I mean, I've got really fond memories of you when you were when you were younger. You you were always this energetic and, and sweet, um, happy lad. Um but, I mean was that was that the real the, the real you all the time or, or did you did you yeah I was always insane as a child um <laughs> I was just happy I was I, yeah I was I I just liked being that fun person that people wanted to like like I had so much time with your brother uh especially my my time at the Clark's house was massive when I think back to my first real friend it was Doug yeah. um and the time even going after school just spending half an hour at your house every other day every day probably it felt like um <laughs> but i remember those fond memories always being at your house um playing next door with adam yeah playing with scott when he was obviously much older he's like same age your brother your yeah, old yeah. brother um but i remember always being out and around never wanted to be in in my own house it seemed um and me and chris my brother we were very much outdoor children mm. i remember I from we all were, age we? five or six i was never home and and was it ever you were ever out getting into into any trouble will i was not the troublesome child um i was the good one let's say um I wanted to, I was always out with like people down, like we used to think like down the old, um, what was it called? Down, um, what was that road? Used to go down Beach Avenue. Bar Beach, yeah. Down Beach. I think I spent all of my, any time after five o'clock until the lights came on, when the street lights came on, because that was the signal to go home uh, back then. You didn't have a time, you didn't have a phone. You knew when the lights were on, you had about 10 minutes to get home. Yeah, <laughs> um, but as soon as I I spent all my time down at the ditch down in Beach Avenue, yeah, um, that was the the place, or at the shops, you know, yeah, always yeah. out, always around. I like to spend as much time as I could outside. And and did you spend much time with with your brother um, outside, or was that that more of your own your own I think Chris was always. I think we were Chris was very much the I don't want my little brother hanging around with me yeah. um, <laughs> scenario. I mean, you're the middle of three, so yeah. you, you must you must know how that feels to be on both sides. Definitely, because uh, I don't remember you being around, and when you were at home, me and Doug were nowhere near you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be unheard of. But you would always be around somewhere, just doing your own thing. Yeah, always doing that, your own thing. I mean, that's the the dynamicism, isn't it? Of the yeah, of the brother the brother relationship. You, I mean, I think it's... I always wanted to be around Chris, but he never wanted me always there. Yeah, um, and, that, and that's what I remember of it. I remember that you and the you were always wanting to be around which mm. and it was from a good place that you always yeah yeah 
but Chris just wanted to get on with his own his own thing. Um, yeah, he is. He is the most independent out of the two yeah. of us, and he still is in that way, kind of. Even though he's married and he's got his family, yeah. he's still very much is tight knit to himself. Yeah, yeah. And that part of his character is still there, um, <laughs> and that's just the way he is. You know, he's yeah. built a little bit differently to me. Everyone said that I always had the voice and mm. the the charisma, maybe. And wanting to actually be, not nosy, but I just wanted to know people as a child. And yeah. I see that in my son now. He has all of those attributes. Which is lovely, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, my son will go up to every person and introduce himself. My name's Rowan. Um, <laughs> which is great and terrifying at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> in the world we live in now, that's quite terrifying. But I'm glad he's as open like me um, in that sense. Well, it, it, it's it's kind of a funny thing that you know you you were just saying there about how you you go out with you know, there weren't phones, mo- mobile phones were just not commonplace back then. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I don't think I had a mobile phone until I was certainly high school. Um, yeah, I was in I was, year nine, Nokia yeah. thirty four ten. Yeah, mine was some. <laughs> of a phone that I can't even remember what make it was, but you know, it would look like a toy phone now. That, yeah, what, definitely. They look antique sort of thing. Yeah. Um and like the difference between then and now, you know, I, I wouldn't let Alps go out and play on his own outside. He's only mm. four, so he's probably he's too young for that really anyway. But even even years down the line I'd I'd need to know where he is because yeah. just that slight air of maybe caution do you think yeah definitely i see and... that with the kids that i teach sort of in yeah, martial arts now and seeing what they're getting up to at the ages of 10 11 12 and they tell me oh, i did this at the weekend i'm like really <laughs> like i wouldn't dream of letting these kids get like, especially my my son and my girlfriend's boys yeah. like that it's sort of some of it shreds me with fear now but yeah, yeah, yeah. i look back at us as kids and thought god i did worse yeah i mean i, I always think i was i was a, a kind of really good boy um but the stuff that i'm sure i did when i was a kid that that wasn't <laughs> yeah. i just can't remember it or choose not to remember it um or admit it to myself perhaps i don't know but you you kind of grow up into a very very different different world and and obviously be, being being outside because you you used to go to your um, grandparents quite a lot as well didn't you yeah my my grandparents were let's say fundamental of my my upbringing um, yeah. when it wasn't especially after like the events of like my dad going uh, my grandparents played that especially my grandfather played a key role. Uh, in my upbringing um uh, yeah and i was really lucky they only live around the corner um so it it was always every time i was out i almost passed their house on purpose just for like a drink a snack uh (laughs) it was always more convenient than going out with money i could just go to my grandparents house or just to pop in and say hello it was always convenience that they were just so close and they were lovely people as well oh they're, they're amazing the race. Yeah. 
It's nice. I saw them for the first time at Christmas in about six months. Yeah. How's that been? And not, not been able to see them. It was hard. It was really hard. I mean, because now I don't live in the same village anymore. Um, I live in Eversham now, so I'm further. I'm further away, but it's not a million miles away. But it's just if I go there, I usually go there for a reason to go to the village, yeah. not because it's just passing anywhere. Um, and when I drive, I always go the same way around the village. <laughs> so I go at Walcott. I always yeah, go the yeah. same way. I never ever go any other way. And then round to Shrubbery. It's really strange. Creature of habit, Will. It is. It is. Because I like to always, weirdly, I always look at your house and I always look at my house. It's just one of those things that, and then like Neil Williams's house, I always look at those three houses when I go by just because it's habit. It's what I looked at for, you know, 15 years. Yeah. I was 15 when I moved from that house. And so, yeah, a lot of time, man. You mentioned there about your dad. Mm. So how, how old were you when you when your dad? Um, when my parents divorced, I was between the ages of sort of seven and between. I can't actually guarantee. I can't pinpoint it down. It's between like the age of seven, eight. And I think by the time nine, he was definitely out of the picture. And yeah. almost a stepfather was then in my life at that point mm. with Dave. Um. I remember those ages being the most terrifying of my life because things changed so rapidly. Um, and going from my mum being a nurse um, to working nights to all of a sudden she changed her job and joined the family business to alleviate mm. her stress. Um, so joined the business in Eversham which is where my grandfather, uncle, my auntie, everyone worked together. Um, and then all of a sudden, there's just me, my mum and my brother there. And I wasn't going out anymore. Yeah. Uh, sort of something changed in my head. And I'm not, I didn't say so psychologically, but I was more wary that things had changed. Um, I was really lucky. My best friend, Jack Thompson, was living around the corner at the time uh, where we used to catch the bus for high school. He lived in that first house next to the alleyway. Mm. So he was there. Um, and I spent a lot of time then all of a sudden at the Thompson house because that was my safe place. I was spending more time with your brother, Doug, because that was a safe place. Um, I remember not really wanting to go home. I try and stay at friends' houses as long as possible. Uh, I'd be really lucky and parents of my mum, who I was friends with at school, would make playdates for me. Because mm. my mum knew I, I didn't want to be at home all the time. And that's when I did spend a lot more time with my grandparents because, you know, I didn't have the normality anymore. I think you... once that's gone, that normality, it's really hard to try and find yourself again as a I did anyway, because obviously no one no one gives you a manual and goes, here, this is how you deal with being a child of divorce. Yeah. Everyone's so different. Um, during a, a day that sticks out for me, and you won't remember this day, but I do. 
it was middle of August. I want to say it was about 1997, 1998. You, Chris, Neil, I think your brother Dave was there. You were all at the Neil Williams at Neil Williams's house. Mm. And Neil lived opposite me, directly opposite my house. Um, and I was marched over by my mum to go and get Chris to say goodbye. Because that was the day my dad had finally left. And I had to go say goodbye. And you were there. Yeah. And I had to... And Chris wouldn't come. Chris was at Neil's house because he knew. Yeah. Um, he knew that was happening and he didn't want to be at home. Um, and I was sent over the road to go get him. So I remember being greeted by Savo, the world's yeah, biggest, yeah. clumsiest dog <laughs> um, at the Williams house. Yeah. Weird looking dog that was. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but I remember going up and, you know, um, Neil's mum sent me upstairs. I was like, is he here? I need to talk to him. Marched upstairs. You're all in Neil's room playing some snares or something yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah i had to come bring him home and he refused to leave and i remember you vividly saying to you know you gotta go you know i remember all these all those faces in that room because i knew as well i didn't want to go back i didn't want to go say bye to my dad and i didn't see him for months after that date and that was a day that is when you when you messaged me, you know, about what sort of things we're going to talk about. I knew that this was one thing I wanted to talk about specifically because it was so vivid. And uh, and yeah, I think I, I haven't told many people this. Only a select few people have ever probably heard this story as well. Mm. Um, but that day was so vivid and that was the day everything changed. And do you think that, looking back at it now, what do you think of that change? Uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. On reflection. Yeah. Um, because I didn't... I always had a good relationship with my dad, but I didn't really know him until I got older. And I mean, really know him. Yeah. Get to know his, you know, his personality and things like that my dad was quite quite to himself mm. um i mean do you remember my dad much as a you know yeah being over I, the road? in in that same sense in that um He's I, quite I remember him being yeah yeah <laughs> that that is a great word to to describe him um mysterious would be would be definitely up there. he's an enigma of a man now he's just turned 60 yeah, okay. um, but I have a better relationship with him now as a 32-year-old than I did as a seven-year-old. Mm. And that's the best thing, that actually when he moved out, it was like a cleansing of the home because it was quite toxic at home. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't a nice environment. Um, and then afterwards, there was like this, this settle. <laughs> you know, like they say, the calm before the storm. Well, we mm. had the calm after the storm at home um and then we had a christmas i remember our first christmas home on our own just mum uh obviously we were around family and everybody else because my whole yeah. family is still in drake's Borton. um yeah. 
<laughs> they're still there. And uh, it was very strange. It was very weird. Not much was said because obviously we were so young. We weren't. I don't know what was said behind doors when I wasn't there. But yeah. I know from my mum that must have been a very strange scenario to be in. Um, and then all of a sudden, I don't know how much time passed, but along came Dave. And Dave is now married to my mum and been with her for over 20 years. Yeah. When I've had a stepfather, that's more dominant in my life, i.e. somebody that I know probably just as well as my dad now. But mm. he's lived with me longer than my dad ever did. Yeah. Um, and Dave is the complete opposite of my dad. You knew when he was home because you heard him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was exactly what my mum needed. And I'm grateful for him because he changed everything. He gave us yeah, a good life. He looked after us. It was hard. I remember the day that I met him and saw he had bags and thought, mm-mm, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. You know. And then me and Chris go from being the men of the house to the boys of the house again. Mm. And that was a very strange dynamic change again. So we went from a normal family life to, right, just mum. And then, right, what's this? You know, an alien's living in our house. And that's what it felt like for a while was an alien was living with us. Uh, somebody we didn't know. Yeah. Um, and he came along with two daughters. So I have two stepsisters yeah. as well. So all of a sudden I've gone for one brother that didn't want me hanging around with him to with you two as well. It, oh, the dynamic change was so crazy and it was so rapid. Everything happened so fast. And do you think it, it feels special to me fast? I'm 32 now? Do you think it did happen fast or, or do you think that's it felt like childhood? It. Yeah. But I think that's just because when you think back to your childhood, it's a snippet of... You know, it it takes you a while to sit down and actually then break it down a little bit further and think, oh, that mm. happened, that happened. Uh, sort of when you think about it all at once, it feels like, you know, a fast flashback just because you're older. And that's, yeah. that's the way our brain works. And I think my my home life then became much more grounded because there was somebody else at home. My mum was happy. Yeah, there were dark days for my mum. And to see her go from the dark to the light, I think that made the relief for me and Chris at home so much better. And yeah. you all of a sudden go back to your old way again. Yeah. Sort of old habits become, you know, relative again. Um I remember going out much more again, feeling more relieved because I didn't want to leave my mum at home. Did you feel protective? You know? Yeah, I think I think me and Chris are very protective in our natures anyway. He is the most protective dad and I am the most protective dad now. <laughs> mm. um, and I see exactly, I saw a lot of that in us from when we were younger because we wanted to protect our mum. We didn't want to see her go through, you know, hardships again, because you don't. Especially, I remember feeling like the man of the house as well at the time, 
because my mum started then giving us more responsibility at home. Yeah. She couldn't do everything on her own. And me and Chris, I feel like we grew up very fast. But looking back now, it, it was exactly what we needed. I think we needed that bit of responsibility and a bit more ownership on ourselves. Got to look after yourselves a bit more. Got to make your own lunches now. Get your shoes ready for school. You know, life lessons, real big life lessons. And mm. life lessons now, I think, aren't dished out the same anymore. I don't see kids these days doing, you know, enough ownership on themselves. Especially, I think, that way because probably because I see so many teenagers on a weekly basis, you know, those yeah. that I teach. But I don't see the same habits them having that we had. And do, do you think that that is, do you think those steps that, that, you're, that you went through with your mum and, you know, having to take on more responsibility, do you think that was an acceleration of something that would happen anyway so a normal yeah but just faster um, yeah i think that would have kicked in later in my teenage years rather than yeah. the age of 10 because by the age of 10 he was full-time you know in our house living with us you know i was in i was still at drake's Broughton school at that point so you was in high school mm. by then yeah. so doug was younger than me so you know trying to talk to this stuff with doug as well was very strange Obviously, yeah. I, I was my household was different to your household in terms of structure. Cool. Um, you know, it's, it's, it was so weird seeing different dynamics in different houses and different friends. And I felt so unique. But you are unique. Because, well. but I, I'm, I'm very unique. That is the word people would describe me. Um, but <laughs> especially now. But we, I felt my home life was so different to everybody else's. And I think I was the first person out of all my friends that was in my predicament, yeah. sort of single parent, then all of a sudden, oh, step parent, step family, extended nuclear family. Those terms that I grew up with, I think that, I think that changed massively for me. But I say it was the best thing because of where I got to. I learned a lot from my stepdad. Things that I probably wouldn't have learned from from my old man. Yeah. And I was just like grateful that she was happy, that my mum was happy. What, what what do you think you learned from, from Dave then? Dave, he taught me patience. Because um, I realised I wasn't very patient. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you go from living, you know, you feel like you're king of the world of your house and then yeah. there's another man there. I learned patience. Um, he taught me to be very respectful. Um, I mean, my mum was all about, oh, you remember my mum. She was all about, yeah. please, thank yous, you know, be on your best behaviour. There's yeah. none of this, none of that. You know, she was, she hit the ground running, my mum. And she mm. taught me the the basics that I keep in Rowan now are there because I can hear my mum's voice yeah. as I'm talking. I can hear her exact words being used but my stepdad I, I had to really learn to I had to almost learn to live with a man in the house again and 
have that respect for other people in my house. Um, and I even thanked him later on, years on. He taught me so much, but things that you just would learn anyway. Mm. But for me, it be, seeing as it wasn't my dad teaching me, you know, it, it, was, it, it just felt a little out of body, a little bit different to everybody else. Um, but it was nice because now we, me and Dave, we have a great relationship now. I mean, he's a great, I mean, Rowan's not his paternal grandson, but you'd never know it. Yeah. You know, that is a bond and the bond he has is worth everything that we went through as a kid, just because yeah. Rowan adores him. Um, and that's, that's, that's all I could ask for. Yeah. You know, that. Oh, he's obsessed. It's it's insane. I mean, he's obsessed with me, but oh, it's a whole new level with grandparents. It's ridiculous. It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unreal. You think, God, my mum was never this nice to me as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> but then I look back at my grandparents and think, yeah, I got away with hell at my grandparents' oh, yeah. house. You know consideration. You are, you are spot on. I mean, Christmas is a great example. Yeah. I mean, the amount of things that we have in the house that I mean yeah my my parents were amazing um and you know we didn't have the the same dynamic as you in the sense that grandparents were up in Scotland so we didn't see yeah I remember your grandparents visiting Mm. um and only only grands because I mean I never knew my my granddads because they they had passed away um early in my mom and dad's lives they were teenagers um when my granddads uh both died um and it's it it was always the the love of a grandparent is it is just different yeah in the most wonderful way um to your your parents because they don't have to be the one that tells you off yeah. they don't have to be the one that that kind of makes you tidy up and all that sort of stuff um, yeah and it's just, it is a different bond. Um, and it's I've never walked to my to... grandma's house without her offering me a biscuit, a sandwich, yeah. a drink, you know. And you yeah. walk in my mum's house and she's like, you know where it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. But obviously, it, it, my mum has softened, definitely. But she's what? still that keen figure in my life who I hear. I hear her voice all the time. You know, when you start doubting yourself. Because I got so close with her. You know, I am a mama's boy, textbook. Um, yeah. And her, her knowledge that she gave me of things, oh, I might not always agree with it, but I'll always respect it Yeah, in what she's saying. I know it's coming from a good place. She's never trying to tell me something that's negative just to be mean to me. It's because she's trying to be constructive. Mm. Um. And she was a single parent, so I think she identifies with me a little bit. And which I've only just thought about. Yeah, because that that must be something in its own right, in that you know, you you've come from a background of living with your mum and having a, a stepdad come in. And so mm. and you've talked about Rowan a little bit already. But 
how did how did that all come about? Let's let's start. Let's start there. With what, sorry? So with with so obviously Rowan coming along, um mm -hmm. ex-partner. Yeah. Um just how did what 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 happened? So I think we got to a point where just things weren't working anymore. Um I remember being quite frustrated that home life wasn't the same, things had changed, um, and inevitably a collapse happened. Um, after you know, a good four years of being together, I realised I wasn't in the same place I was four years earlier, mm -hmm. um, but was keen on you know having Rowan. I think that's one of the first things I remember is that I don't want to lose my relationship and lose my son. Yeah. And I think a bit of fear of me being seven years old, losing my dad came out in me that I will fight for my son. Um, and I did. I'm very lucky. I had my family back in me. Um, I had, you know, good counsel, even to the point where I had my brother come into court with me. Which, when you know Chris, that's massive. Yeah. Um, I had the I had the backing of my brother with me. I had the backing of my family. My mum has supported me endlessly through being able to have Rowan while I'm at work because I work the most unsociable hours in the world. Um, so I work evenings. So for me, um, nighttime and bedtime routine for Rowan has either been me if I managed to be home early enough or with his mum when he's at his mum's or with my mum. Um, but whereas the rest of the time in the mornings and, you know, days off weekends, oh, it's all about dad time, you know. Um, it's yeah. really easy for me to spend that time with him. It's just evenings where it's really difficult with my work. Um, and I got the I got the back end of the court and I you know, I took that sort of parental responsibility on with Rowan. Um, and I'm really lucky to say that I can sit here now after all these years and say me and ex-partner, we have a good working relationship for Rowan. Which is amazing. Because I saw from the age of seven, the next time I saw my parents in the next room with each other and talking amicably was at my 21st birthday that's the first time i remember seeing my parents talking to each other it took me to be 21 to see that um and i knew i wanted to make sure that it was different for me i mean rowan was, was only that, 18 was that the months driver, then, do you think in in was making sure that was that the driver in making sure that yeah you've got that we all right. Enough. Nothing's perfect, of course not. But nothing's ever perfect, so you have to just accept that. But on the terms, generally, you know, we have a good relationship. I.e., that it's we do everything for Rowan. You know, we haven't got to be best friends anymore. We haven't got to. You, know, you don't have to be. You know, that's yeah. why your exes. But we do because it's important for Rowan to see that his parents can still communicate, still talk. 
we work together for him because believe me, he tries to throw us against each other sometimes. <laughs> Daddy said this, mummy said this. Wow, <laughs> that's a lie. And I know, <laughs> thankfully, I know her well enough to be like, wow, that's not true. But <laughs> um, he will try, bless him. But, you know, we know each other well enough now to be like, look, we're going to be in each other's lives forever. That's a fact. You're, we're joined together because of Rowan. And you have to accept that one person's always going to take the lead a little bit more than the other. And I'm lucky that we managed with the court to come to an agreement where he can see us both a lot. He gets an equal share of time mm. with both me and his mum. And I'm glad that he has that because I didn't. And I'm jealous in a way because I, you know, little boy in you still wants you to have that relationship with mum and dad. Um, and it took me to be a teenager to really form a bond with my father. You, it took a long think, time. Do you think that's helped build your relationship with your dad now as, as an adult? Since having Rowan, it's defined more. Um, I mean, to the point where he actually does come and help me with work. And every other weekend, he comes to my house. He stays over overnight on a Friday uh, while I work on Saturday morning as well. And he looks after Rowan for me. But the best thing is that Rowan gets his grandfather all to himself. Yeah. So he, he actually does know his granddad. And fair play to my dad. He goes out of his way to come every other week. You know, it's, it's, it's one night every two weeks he spends with Rowan. But Rowan looks forward to it. Even be, to the point now that Rowan's at school, my dad picks him up from school. And I think that's the beauty of being that grandparent is that, all right, it might not have happened for your own kids, but you make sure that it happens for your grandkids. Mm. And that's all I ever said to him was, don't do it for me, do it for Ro. You know, if you can help me, you're helping me. And I, you know, that's gratitude. Thank you, you're helping me. But don't do it just for that reason of helping me. Do it because you want to know your grandson. Because my personality is a lot like him. You know, we have, me and my dad have the same interests. Sort of our, our comedy personality is there. It's, it's all my dad. I didn't know it when I was younger, but it is. It's all my dad. It all rubbed off on me. Years of watching Blackadder, Bottom and Young Ones as a five, six, seven-year-old <laughs> turns you into this mad child. And I understand now why I was the way I was. When yeah. I was that young, um, it's because I watched these crazy programs and my dad explained it to me. Um, I remember being obsessed with Mr. Bean from the age of five. I remember and, you being obsessed with Mr. Bean as well. And it's the whole reason why I call my son Rowan. Yeah. I named figured. him after him. Because he's just, it, I just emulated that personality and I just love being that little show off in the room, that little star-like person. My mum says I used to act out scenes in a movie called Little Rascals when I was younger. I, yeah. I remember doing it. I completely remember doing it and loving the appreciation I had in that room. And Rowan has that. He's picked all that up from me. 
and from his granddad because he sits and watches it with his grandfather on a Friday. <laughs> so it's lovely that my dad still has that little bit of tradition with him um, that he kept going with Ro. Yeah. Um, and I'll appreciate that to the, you know, to the end. Um, and that sort of you have to let things go from your childhood because the longer you sit and you stew on it, it does you no good, does the relationship no good, you know. Uh, eventually, you have to call time. And I didn't want to be that scared little seven-year-old anymore. Wondering, do I have a relationship with my dad? You just go out there and you grab it. Wise words, uh, Will. Yeah, and it, it, that took me a long time to figure out that you just have to do it. Um, make the relationship happen. All right, sometimes it's me reaching out more than him. But, you know, that's life. You can't change a person and tell them that you need them, you know, and they'll just come running, you know, because they just can read your mind. No, you have to go out there and ask for it. And I did. I went out and I asked. And I'm really lucky I have the family I have now, which is why I say that what happened when I was seven happened for the best, because I have probably the best outcome now possible maybe not the scenario of everything that i wanted but i do have a good job a good home life an awesome son and i have a good relationship with all of my family including that brother you know chris and me's relationship changed a lot um he acted out maybe a little bit more in his teenage years more than I did, let's say, then. He didn't act out because he wanted to act out. He acted out just, that was the way he was, you know, the way he was maybe processing things differently yeah. to me. I was so much younger than him. And he processed a lot. He took on the big brother role. He took on the I'm the lead of the house role. And almost the father role in some ways, wasn't it? Yeah, he was He was head dog for the while and then man, man the someone house, else came into his house and that must have been quite challenging to process mm. for me it was relief but for him it must have been a you know a completely different thought but yeah and do you guys uh, talk about that much in terms of how how Not really. Um, we have had incidences with my father in the last 10, 15 years where we have had to make decisions for him. Um, there have been moments where, you know, we've had to play dad roles to our dad. Right. Um, and he wasn't well in himself for a little while. Thankfully, he is completely over any of that, but he wasn't well uh, for a long time. So we had to make a few big decisions for him. And we, to be honest, I think Chris doesn't ever want to talk about it. And I don't think he ever will. He just, any relationship with my dad, no, he, he just doesn't, he just doesn't, as far as I know, he doesn't want to talk. Um, and I kind of respect that, that he doesn't yeah. he doesn't open up the same way I do. Um, and, you know, that's his prerogative. That's, that's his choice. 
that's how that, I think that's his dealing. That's how he sort of that's his process for himself. And I completely respect that. That's him. That's his brand. That's it's it's, it's him, and that that's it. All he ever will be. Um, but to see him as a dad is incredible. I mean, he was the, he had the first child. I was an uncle before I was a dad. So yeah. I got to play the awesome role for years. And I was the cool uncle who visited all the time. And he had to play daddy role very quickly yeah. after finishing like seven years of university in Bristol. Yeah, it was. He, you know, Chris is clever. He's crazy clever. And what he did, because... I think the whole him going away, I think that was his character. He he evolved so much whilst being there and met his now wife in his first year of uni. I've been together ever since and are now married. So I've known Holly since I was like 16. So I've known her half of my life, yeah. my sister-in-law. And yeah, he's changed a lot. He still grunts. <laughs> but that, that's Chris, as you know. But, yeah, he, he played dad very quickly. And to see how he's he's evolved from being that little boy that was head head dad to being head dad. Yeah. Um, he plays the role really well. He's a good dad. You know, he has all the same anguish as we do. <laughs> I see it on him. And he's actually back at uni again. Is he? Doing more home university, yeah. He does like one day a week. Wow. So he's doing uh, gilded charts of surveyors or something like that. Uh, it's okay. one of the roles that my grandfather did. Yeah. Um, and he he works in and does university as well. So he's like, he's on this whole other journey well into his 30s. Um, so he has the stress life of home life, education life, work life. God, I'd hate to go back to school now. That'd be the worst thing in the world. I'd hate that. <laughs> but I respect him because he's doing it. And, you know, that's his journey. His journey's so unique to mine. But the two brothers that when we see each other, oh God, our Worcester accents come back. The grunting. Oh, my girlfriend struggles to understand what we say sometimes. It's quite funny. <laughs> Just that natural Worcester comes out in us. It's quite, you can't go anywhere. Anyone from Worcester, you just ah, it just happens. <laughs> and, uh, and how how did how did you meet your now now girlfriend then? Uh, through working at my being a martial arts instructor. So she was downstairs doing kickboxing classes, and I was a teacher upstairs teaching taekwondo, and uh, yeah, just just naturally happened to be honest. And and who what who has won the battle of which is the better martial arts? Ah, oh, it's always taekwondo, mate. Always, <laughs> always taekwondo. <laughs> and let me guess, she would say uh, kickboxing. <laughs> uh, nah, she was just. It was more of one of those like sort of fitness kickboxing courses as opposed to actual proper yeah, kickboxing. Okay. She wishes she could do it. <laughs> My problem is she'll never do Taekwondo because she'll never accept that I'm a senior grade and that she has to call me sir. <laughs> she will never accept that. So, yeah, I'm all right with it, to be honest. <laughs> Gives me less stress at home. 
So, I mean, Taekwondo is quite a far stretch away from the family business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like, I'm definitely like the black sheep on my side. Yeah, because you because you were you were essentially on the I mean, still not the family business, but on the kind of bankers track at at, at one point. Right? Yeah. So I left college. I went to Worcester after Pershaw High. We spoke earlier about the old Smurf camp. Uh, and then went to, decided I'd go, go to Worcester. I uh, wanted to get out of Pershaw. I uh, wanted to go try the other side because my brother went to Worcester College and he loved it the whole time he was there. The year I started college was the year he first went to Bristol Uni. Um, yeah. So I thought I'll be on my own. Great. Because everywhere I've ever gone education-wise, I've always followed my brother and him still be there. Yeah. So for me, it was like, oh, great, he's gone. I'll go here. He had a good time. Uh, and it was all great. It did really well. Uh, did BTEC because I hated tests. So it was all coursework-based. It was great. And then I had a phone call from the college one night. Uh, I was in my last week of college, and they said, hey, um, we noticed you did really well on your accountants exam i did a, a pre-course for accountancy mm. um and they said oh we've had a slot come open um and barclays bank we noticed are advertising would you like us to get you an appointment and i was like yeah why not you know i was at the point where college is about to finish my mum's about to give me the dilemma of you need to go find a job for the summer <laughs> yeah or going because I, I still hadn't weighed up whether or not i wanted to go to university um, I was still other than R in about everything. So I thought, go along to it. I was like, Mum, Banks said, do you, do you want a job? And my family were like architects, guild of surveyors or bankers, you know, doctors, whatever, you know, quite professionals. So I thought, oh, banking, that would be all right. Went along to the first interview and I smashed it. Just my charisma, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was so nervous, I just couldn't stop trying to make them laugh. Um, and that's, I think, a defence mechanism. I definitely have that Chandler Bing defence mechanism where <laughs> when I'm nervous, the silly side of me, not silly, but the funny bits come out. And I, I did really well. Um, but I wasn't much of a talker then. I was still quite quiet, even you know as a teenager, because I was so little. Well, I remember the reason why I'm called Willow. Yeah, because my name's Will and I was low to the floor. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was so little. I didn't have much sort of oh, confidence in myself, um, even though I'd been doing Taekwondo since the age of 11. No, 10. Sorry. Um, yeah. I was I wasn't still very confident in myself. Uh, thought, hey, let's try it. Banking's not the worst place to be. Had a very good career. I worked there for seven years. And along Gosh, there, long. seven years I worked there. I was there until I was 25. Um, and I just turned 18 when I got the job. Yeah. Okay. Um, through the summer, I actually worked at Strentrum Services Ooh, on the motorway. I remember. Um, I worked at Strenny. Uh, Love that. Love learning all naughty Polish words from Polish people, which now comes in really handy with my missus being Polish. Um <laughs> And learned a lot about working. It was my sort of like my first experience of working with anybody overseas, if that makes sense. So used to being around English people all the time. All of a sudden, yeah. not everyone I work with is English. It was my first experience in that. Um, and it was very fun. Had a lot of fun that 
yeah, I turned 18 over that summer, had my brother's Saxo because he was at uni, didn't need it. Um, it's like a little go-kart. Yeah. It was ace. And I was, living, I was loving being an 18-year-old. And then I got a call from Barclays Bank to say, hey, we've got a job opening. Come to Worcester. And another family friend was from the village then, Stuart Berry. Yeah. He was my manager for a while. He was, I actually went to him and asked him tips. I went to his house one night and was like, you work at Barclays. Could you give me some tips? Little did I know I'd actually end up working in his branch. Yeah. Um, I ended up living with him for a while at one point. Did you really? said, yeah, we lived together for a few years in my mid, oh, towards the end of my banking experience. So from about the age of 23, I was supposed to live with him for six months. I lived there for two years. <laughs> um, I had a flat in Worcester and it didn't work out with the guy I was living with. Thought I was going to have to return home and Stu just threw his keys at me and went, I'm off on holiday. Move yourself in. <laughs> we'll talk about rent when we get back. And What an absolute bloke. You know, another family yeah. friend that I've just known my whole life. I don't remember a time not knowing, you know, the Berry family. And, yeah, helped me out massively. It was cool. But I lived with him, worked with him. Oh, ba- ba- banking was so fun. I learned so much and I became more open, more confident. I obtained my black belt whilst being uh, at Barclays. So I turned 22. I got my black belt. Um, so I was on top of the world at this point. Um, loving life. And then hit 25 and the end of my banking career struck. Uh, had a manager I really didn't like working for. Yeah. And I refused to go on under her leadership. She told me that she could run the branch without me. So I walked out. I thought, I'll play your bluff. Go on then, run it without me. Um. <laughs> and I and thought, that- wow, that was the most craziest thing I've ever done in my life. You know, you have that realisation moment of, I just walked out. I just yeah. walked out. I just walked out. I just, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? Like, and my, my head just went, go home. Because I lived in town. At this point, I was living with Stu. Um, and I just walked back to the house we had at the bottom of London Road. Um, and now a phone call begging me to come back in. Please, please, please. Like, you know, and I was like, no, nah, I'll come back in tomorrow. <laughs> Completely dropped all my responsibilities that day. Um, and then handed in my notice the next day. I just had enough. And cut and ties thought, you know, straight off or, or did you have to work notice? I It was in the November uh, this happened and I worked through December because I had to do four weeks notice. And with Christmas yeah. break, I had to, I actually weirdly came upon my um, timeline of Facebook the other day. I worked my last day in the branch a year ago. Yes, um, it was on the anniversary yesterday, seven years ago. Wow. So I'm now seven years out of the banking game that I was in for seven years. So a lot's changed in that time. And then, and then you went into social work. I did. Um, I worked in a care home in Malvern um, for young adults with autism and Asperger's. Yeah. Um, I have a family. Because I've got two cousins, sorry, uh, one with Asperger's, one with autism. And mm. growing up with with these awesome kids, 
um, and knowing about their conditions and things. I just wanted to do something that was completely differently paced. It was a different pace. Uh, by this point, I was with my son's mum. Um, so I was living a bit of a different life then. I was living in Cheltenham. So I moved from Worcester to Cheltenham uh, to go live with her. Um, and just wanted to change everything that I'd done in that time, slow things down. Um, and just working with these amazing people and that staff and the people that we looked after. I loved it. I loved working there. The words that I used earlier about kids with life experience mm. and learning life lessons, this is what the job was all about, teaching these kids the easiest things to us was climbing a mountain for these people. Yeah. Um, and they were amazing. And it, it just gave me a chance to think. I felt like my head was buzzing for a lot of years, you know, going out, living the financial scene, because it is a financial scene, and it was so different then. Um, and obviously, you partied in your young 20s, doing yeah. things you don't do in your 30s, because it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and I worked, I went then working 12-hour shifts, three days on, three days off, three days on, three days off, three days on, three days off, and found myself just, I did that for about, the best part of nearly a year and at this point I was still training in Taekwondo you know I was going through my early Dan grades yeah. and still very committed to martial arts as I always have been it's it's one of the things I want to, I did want to say at the end is you know the reason why I think I'm so strong as a person now is because of that but we're still training still working had you know early elements of a family life because my ex-partner did have a daughter as well so I became you know a step parent yeah um so how, she was, how was that she, weird uh nice because it was a little girl and I was used to being around boys other than my sisters so it was it was a whole new dynamic change again um and yeah, it was it was really weird having this little family. I always said I wanted a family, so I sort of felt like I found it at that point. Um, and then we moved to Eversham, the house that we lived in, the, the flat that we, we was in in Cheltenham, just wasn't working out anymore. Too many issues with neighbours and stuff. And I was really lucky that my grandfather said, I want to see you happy, you know, God forbid, you know, I never want to ever think about that day, but he wanted to see me use some of my inheritance before yeah. he went. And he gave my me the same option he gave my brother and gave me some money for a deposit, got my house. And weirdly, I'm still here, um, <laughs> still in the same house in Evesham. But I purposely moved here knowing that if I stayed around long enough in the club I'm in, I could work there. I'd made myself quite a good patterns person, if you know martial arts, you know your patterns and stuff. I'm very good technically. Um, I'm a nerd for theory, so Korean stuff. I'm really good at all that. So I knew oh, if I can stay around the club long enough and they get enough students, he'll hire me, um, which worked because I stayed around long enough 
I moved to an insurance job in the town, just something to get me by and get the keep mm. us afloat as a family. Um, Rowan came along in this time as well. Um, and then I got the job, dream job. Uh, after being in martial arts for 17 years at the age of 27, um, I got the job I always wanted, became a dad, um, and life seemed pretty happy. Um, and then, unfortunately, the relationship with me and my ex didn't last. Um, but I'm happy to say that, like I say earlier, we have a good relationship now. We we talk, we communicate. It's all for the beneficial of Rowan, and it's for him that we do it. Um, and I'm glad that we do. But I'm also glad that I have the job that, after all these years, being like in all these different areas, I always think from, I used to work in the corner shop at Londers, that Phil yeah. owned back in the day. Yeah, yeah. That was my first ever job in the, in the spa, or Londers it actually was when I started there, yeah. to Strenny Services, to Barclays, to care work, to insurance work, to martial artist. Oh, God, what a difference. Look, um, looking back then, Will, yeah, you've had a fascinating life so far um, in many ways. And, and I think everyone listening will, will be the same as me, thinking that you're definitely wise beyond your years. And I think a lot of that is because of what you've had to deal with. Mm, but looking definitely. back at that, what what would you say to your your seven year old self if if he was here now? I'd look at myself on the day that he left, and I'd tell him to get his chin up, keep his family close, keep his friends even closer because they will get you through the worst of times, and know that one day you'll have everything you ever wanted. Which is a beautiful thing to to say. And probably, I think, a beautiful place to to end our, our conversation as well. Um, before we do, though, Will, do you want to give mm. a shout out to listeners for your, your club and um, any of your social media handles, if you so wish? Yeah, absolutely. So the martial arts where the club I teach at is based in Eversham called Apex Martial Arts. Uh, we teach everybody from the ages of four. My oldest student, believe it or not, is in his 60s. Um, amazing, amazing. I teach the whole age range. Um, and me and my whole team, uh, I wish I could say it was my team. It's not my team, but um, <laughs> I'm one of five that work there. Uh, male, male and female instructors um, it's just the funnest place to be and if you are interested in just being healthy learning something different come along give us a shout out you can find us at apex martial arts if you wanted to send anything to me directly uh, I, you can find me on will at willow manton or william manton uh, willow manton sorry on facebook um, but gav thank you so much Thank you. A cleansing of the soul, it feels like. Which is exactly what 
what this should be. Um, look, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, you've been an amazing first guest to to have on. Um, what an honour. And, and thank you for being so open because it's it's not the easiest the easiest of things to do. No. I've got a lot, lot of respect for you for, for being able to do that. So, um, yeah, you. thank you. I look forward to hearing all the other podcasts as well, Gav, because they are helping. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I've always really enjoyed speaking to Will. He's just such a lovely person. He always just brings a smile to people's faces and his story with all the stuff that he's had to deal with I think is a really impressive one and particularly how he is as a dad Um, he really is a wonderful father and it's just such a nurturing guy Um, he will also be a wonderful coach uh, so if you are interested in, in learning um, Taekwondo, then I'd go and check him out. It's just some pretty cool stuff on on uh, Facebook and Instagram that you can see him doing his um, technicals. <sighs> stuff that I definitely cannot do. <laughs> um, as always, though, give me a follow. I am Gavin Clark, and that's Clark with an E, or the all-important E. Uh, on instagram uh, the dad life coach over on twitter and the dad diaries revisited is the facebook page if you want to find me there and uh, you never know you might see me on tiktok one day but we'll 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 see for now though thank you for listening this is one of many different stories that i'll be bringing to you for you to listen to and enjoy and get something out of next week will be me um so if there's any questions that are on your mind that you'd like me to talk through then drop me a dm on one of the one of the social media pages and i'd love to hear from you and i'm always happy to answer questions i might even do uh, a few lives coming up if there's a good good interest for it on instagram And I look forward to speaking to you soon. But for now, it's goodbye for this week. With love, compassion and kindness. Speak soon.